I didn't talk about none of these lyrics the first time around. And I am honestly kind of ashamed at myself because the lyricism is so amazing from literal start to finish. It's like, how did you not think about doing this? What, 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 was, what was stopping you, right? It's just a regret that I have in myself that I am trying to make up for today. This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Star. Sebastian Star. With your host, Sebastian Star. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Star, and today I'm doing a continuance, a part two, if you will, doing a deep, deep dive lyrical analysis to the album After Hours by the one and only the weekend. Now, before I dive into these lyrics, and I'm and I'm going to talk about every single song on this album, mind you, because I think I need to emphasize just how great this album was. And I went back and I thought to myself, you know, when I've done album analysis, I usually go through the album, pick and choose some of my favorite songs or just songs that I think are worth mentioning, dibble in a couple of lyrics and then, you know, talk about the song and then the album in whole. I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't do that the first time. And I think it was because I was so fixated on the music videos because he made a video for damn near every single song of this album, with the exception of maybe three or four. And, you know, the entire era, like I said, was this big, long cinematic art piece. So I was really just focused on the art and the visuals, but I completely neglected the lyrics and the music, which is so much more important to me than the music videos. And because it's it's the albums, it's what he's saying that I love so much. It's the words that he's choosing to use in the order in which he chooses to use them that I am obsessed with. And I don't think I've made that clear. I know I've said, you know, After Hours is my favorite era, favorite album, favorite character, all of this and all of that, but I haven't told you why. And I'm about to tell you why. So before I dive into the song lyrics, one more thing that I wanted to point out in regards to the album itself. So there's this movie from like, I want to say either the 80s or the 90s. It's actually called After Hours. And it's where the album name comes from. And I found it randomly on, I think, HBO Max, like earlier this year. And I was like, hey, you want to watch this? My fiance was like, okay, sure. So... We watched it, and I'm trying to understand why this movie is called After Hours. So basically, the movie stars this guy who, you know, he works a typical nine-to-five office job, kind of boring. His life is a basic routine. Go to work, get dinner, come home. Wake up, go to work, get dinner, come home. Same old shit, right? This one particular night after work, he decides to go to a local diner and, you know, have some coffee and some dinner there. He runs into a woman who invites him back to her place really, really late in the evening. I'm talking like 11, 12, almost one o'clock type shit. Freaky time shit, right? The second that he agreed to meet this random stranger back at her house in the middle of the night, halfway across town in a neighborhood that he had no business being in, shit goes from bad to worse. And another thing, when I originally did the after hours analysis back when I did it, I didn't see this movie before. And I was re-listening to that episode. And I said in that episode 
that, you know, it seems like the character in the after hours era, every situation he goes through goes from bad to worse in every single video. That's how it's portrayed. This movie is exactly that. Everything goes from bad to worse. And it's a very, very fucked up story. It's a horrible fucked up story. It's a good movie, but it's just like shit just keeps getting worse and worse. Just when you think it's at the peak of being bad and something good is going to happen, it gets 50 times worse. And it just keeps getting worse until the very end of the movie. And it just, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just... I understand why he named this era after albums and the cinematic artistry that came attached to it from all of the music videos. Because again, the music videos go from bad to worse. In this movie, everything for the main character goes from bad to worse and almost immediately. And not only that, everything is connected to each other in this movie, just like everything is connected in this album and in this era. So kudos to him again for this creative genius score putting those two ideologies together and making it work as a musical masterpiece as well as a cinematic masterpiece on top of another cinematic masterpiece. So it's just, it's just greatness. It's just greatness all around, which further goes to emphasize my point that this album is probably the greatest album that I have ever heard by this guy, if not in my entire life. And I'm only 26 I still got, you know, 80 years left of this shit. So let's let's dive into the lyrics, man. Let's dive into the lyrics. And I got a long, I got a long way to go. Because I'm talking about every single song on this album. Now, I'm not going to do the deluxe. The deluxe came with four extra. I'm not going to do the deluxe. I have heard the deluxe. I'm familiar with the deluxe. The difference with the deluxe and then the primary album is that the primary album is its own story. I'm convinced that the deluxe were just songs that didn't make the final cut. They're like the deleted scenes, if you will, which we're not going to go into that. I'm already going to talk about every single song on this album, which is 14 songs, by the way. So we're already going to be here for a while. So just think of the deluxe, those bonus four tracks as the deleted scenes from the movie. Yes, they are good. Yes, they are significant. Yes, they are lovely and beautiful in their own way, but they just didn't make the final cut. And that's okay. Because we still have this great-ass album that worked out so well for everybody. And I think that's worth, I think that's worth noting for the most part. You are now tuned in to the All In A Podcast with Sebastian Stone. So, the greatest introduction that I have ever heard from an album has to be Alone Again. And when I say the greatest introduction ever, I mean the great. It was the perfect way to dive in to this album and introduce it as something that was going to be a spectacle. I'm talking music, I'm talking lyrics, I'm talking vocals. And I'm going to rank every single one of these songs as I'm doing this to give you an overall ranking of this album. Now, I don't believe in perfection. I am a perfectionist, but I don't believe that perfection exists. So I'm not going to give it a solid 10 out of 10, obviously, because I understand that things have flaws and things have, you know, acquired taste. But this motherfucker right here is perfecto. And I don't know if you are familiar with the Vivo live performances that YouTube started doing this past year. But he did this song for the Vivo live performance. And it is beautiful. 
I'm talking on point with the vocals. It sounds better than the recording, if you ask me. Everything about it is just, oh my God, let's just get into these lyrics real quick before I lose my goddamn mind. Okay. And I'm not going to do the whole song, unfortunately. Well, fuck it. I might just do the whole song. <laughs> he said, he came in. He came in. Take off my disguise. I'm living someone else's life. Suppressing who I was inside. So I threw 2001s in the sky. Think about it. Just think. Let it, let it do its thing. Let it do its thing. Together, we're alone. In Vegas, I feel so at home. I'm falling only for the night. So I throw 2001s in the skies. How much to light up my star again and rewire all of my thoughts? Oh, baby, won't you remind me what I am and break, break my little cold heart. He said, how much to light up my star? How much to get that spark back, that thing that I lost and get my mind back working in the way that it was before? How much do I have to give you this random stranger in the strip club? How much do you need for me for me to go back to being the way that I was before? Because right now I'm in a mask. I'm putting on a show for a bunch of people who only want to pick and prude at my insecurities for their own entertainment. How much do you need from me so I can go back to my normal self? I'm not well. I'm out of character. I'm out of pocket. I'm, I can't. I need, to, I, need, I need to go back to being me. I want to feel like me again. I'm going to go into the chorus and I'm going to move on to the next song because we've got a lot of songs to go through. It's going to take me a minute to do it. He said, call me up and I'll send for you. Take me down to your altitude. I don't know if I can be alone again. I don't know if I can sleep alone again. Check my pulse for a second time. I took too much. I don't want to die. I don't know if I can be alone again. I don't know if I can sleep alone again. God damn it. (laughs) Check my pulse for a second time. I took too much. I don't want to die. I don't know if I can be alone again. Damn. Damn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're not about to sit here. Look me in my eyeballs and tell me that he did not do his thing. And like I said, I'm rating... Every single song on this album. And I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about one, but God diggity damn it, we are going to dive into this shit. So musically, it's so psychedelically stimulating. It like triggers that part of your brain that you didn't even know could be triggered by music. And it just like sinuates your sense, like electrical surge type shit. And it is just overwhelmingly bassy and brassy. And it's just so much going on. So music, I'm giving it a solid, a solid hard nine out of 10. Lyricism, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vocals, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Grand total, we got 29. This song is just so riveting. And it's so 
tragically devastating for your body and soul and spirit to just grasp that concept. I just... Let's dive into the next song, man. This is the shit that I should have been doing from the beginning because it just, it fuels this, this power, this twinge of, why do you love this album so much? Why do you keep talking about After Hours? There's other shit, but there's nothing like this shit here, okay? And I'm about to dive into it. I'm about to tell you why. Song number two, track number two, Too Late, that disturbing-ass, freaky-deaky-ass, murder-ass music video <laughs> that I analyzed a while back that completely threw me off and it took the internet by storm for a solid week and a half because everyone was like what the fuck did I just watch and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you I love the song I I do I love the song I love the video but I love the song so let's dive into these lyrics shall we he said I let you down I led you on I never thought I'd be here without you don't let me drown inside your arms. Bad thoughts inside my mind when the darkness comes. You're my light. My lights when it's dark. I'm too high, too high, because I know right now that I lost it. It's way too late to save our souls. It's way too late. We're on our own. I made mistakes. I did you wrong. It's way too late to save mine. He drags that my out for a minute. It's just, woo. God damn. <laughs> so this song, as freaky deaky creepy as the video is, this song is very interpersonal. It's very, very personal. He's once again confessing to that part of himself that was lost, that is missing, that he's trying to regain and find with doing whatever it is that he can do to get that feeling back, that thing that he lost, that thing that he can't seem to wrap his brain around, that he doesn't understand, you know, what's going on or why. And I just, I love it. The second verse is my favorite, though. Let's, let's dive into that real, 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 real quick. I can't trust where I live anymore. Sources say that we're done. How would they know? We're in hell disguised as a paradise with flashing lights. I just want to believe there's so much more. That's my favorite line of the song. We're in hell. It's disguised as a paradise with flashing lights, it kind of gives you, if you think of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the first one, when they go to Las Vegas to find those pearls that they need to take with them to the underworld, and they get into that casino with the lotus flowers, and they're just like stuck there forever. It's kind of sort of in that aspect where you're trapped in a place that you think is like perfect and everything's great and everything's, you know, going well and you're happy and you're satisfied and this, that, and the third. But the reality is you couldn't leave even if you wanted to. That's, and that's the thing. When you finally realize that this place is holding you hostage and the idea that you can't escape, even if you wanted to, that's when you become fearful. That's when it becomes a problem. That's when it is devastating and you realize this place is not everything that I've ever wanted. This place isn't a paradise. It's hell in a hot basket. And I just, I just love that line so much. And then we're going to dive into the third verse. Yes, this song has three verses. He said, I tell myself I should get over you. I know I'd rather be all over you, trying and trying, but I just want your body riding slow on top of me girl on top of me I want you and it's just like damn you feeling so many different things like it's, it's going all over the place you whack wonky flip floppy up at the top 
But, I mean, what can I say? My man is a genius. And, again, the music, I love the music video, but I also really, really love the song. So, as far as the overall rating, I'm going to give the music a solid 8. It's good. Musically, it is very, very good. Lyricism, I would give it about an 8. Vocals, 10 out of 10. Because he hit them high notes like it was nothing. I mean, like it was nothing. And I love the howls. I love the howls. The weekend's house is the equivalent to Kid Cudi's hums. And I'm not the only person who thinks that. I'm not the only person who has said that on the internet or out loud in public. But the howls in this song is just like, damn. And I love that. I love that. So overall, we're going to give it a 26. Let's move on to song number three, Hardest to Love. Now, this is one of the songs that I was like, eh, this song is cool. You know, it's not one of my all-time favorites. I, I kind of skip over it. Not going to hold you. Nothing wrong with it lyrically. Nothing wrong with it musically. Nothing wrong with it vocally. It's just not one of my favorites. Now, I do love the message in the song. I love the meaning of the song. I love the way that the song is presented, you know, but just it's not. It doesn't give me that same feeling that maybe the other songs on the album do. And maybe that's just why it's like not my top three, basically. So musically, overall, this song, it's, and I think this is my biggest issue with it. I think my issue with it is that it's so fast-paced. Like, it's a fast-paced song. It's very quick. And I don't know. I think that kind of turned me off a little bit. It's kind of giving me the same feeling that, say, Rockin' or Party Monster did initially when I first heard it. It's very, 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 very quick. And I don't know what that little sketcher quick flick beat bop thing that was going on in the beginning of the song. I can't explain it, but it's like um like the Powerpuff Girls intro. Not the intro, but when they, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You you'll know it when you hear it. But that I don't know, and, and, and his voice is so soft. His voice is so delicate and angelic that it just seemed like that didn't fit too too well. And I just wasn't I just wasn't crazy about the music. Honestly and truly I wasn't crazy about the music. But I do love, like I said, I love the message. I love the lyrics. And the vocals, he tried to complement it with the music that was being played in the background. And I think that's nothing that threw me off. But first verse, you tried with me so many times. You're crying out behind the smiles. And I can see right through the lies. And what we had is dead inside. You're acting like it's still alive. And you still want to make it right. But I've been the hardest to love. You trying to let me go, and I can see it. I can see it. I've been the hardest to love. It's hard to let me go, and I can feel it. I can feel it. So basically he's saying, like, you're still pretty much hung up over me. I, I see that I hurt you as much as you try to deny it, as much as you're trying to just admit to yourself that maybe this isn't really what's going on or it's not true or we can fix it, we can work it out, we can make things right. The reality is we can't. The reality is we're past the point of no return. We are beyond damaged. You're beyond broken. You're beyond fixable at this point. But you are so fixated on the thought of what we had and wanting that to be better that you're willing to suffer through it. I'm difficult. I'm complicated. I'm complex. I'm tricky. Some would even say that I'm damn near traumatizing. And I know that. I know that. And because I know that, I need you 
to not be so fixated on me. I will be fine. You, on the other hand, are ruining yourself and I cannot sit back and let you do that. So whatever I need to do to let you let me go, to break free from me so you can be happy and finally find peace, I'm willing to do that for you. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to make that work for you. You don't need to worry about me anymore. You need to worry about you now. So again, the message in the song is great. I just, I'm just not crazy about the music and his vocals were, eh, they weren't terrible. I don't want to leave you with that impression. They were not bad. They just were trying to compliment the music too much and that threw me off. So music, I'm going to give it a solid seven. Lyrics, 10 out of 10. Vocals, solid seven. That's an even 24 right there. And yes, I am keeping score because we want to do an overall rating of this motherfucking song, an average, if you will. And we're going we're gonna to get it done. We're going to get it done. So let's dive into one of my first favorite songs. He actually performed this on Saturday Night Live. This was right before the pandemic hit. He was the last performing artist on SNL right before the pandemic. And I just think that that's amazing. But it's So this was the song, one of the first songs that he performed on SNL, if not the second. And I said, damn, I really like that. It's called Scared to Live. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so melodic. It's slow. It's sensual. It's engaging. And it's personal. It's very, very personal. First verse, when I saw the signs, I should have let you go. But I kept you beside me. And if I held you back, at least I held you close. Should have known you were lonely. I know things will never be the same. The time we lost will never be replaced. I'm the reason you forgot to love. And then the chorus, so don't be scared to live again. Don't be scared to live again. And it's just like, damn, dude, for real? And then we go verse two. This song is very short. You always miss the chance to fall for someone else because your heart only knows me. They try to win your love, but there was nothing left. They just made you feel lonely. I am not the man I used to be, did some things I couldn't let you see, refused to be the one that taints your heart. Overall, overall, this song right here is just like, look, look at me, look me in my eyeballs for just a second. I know, I know, I know that I broke you into pieces, that I devastated you, that I made you feel inferior, that I made you feel like shit, that I made you feel everything that you were supposed to not feel, that I made you feel everything but happy, but satisfied, but content. And you love me so much that you refuse to let anybody else in that can make you feel what I couldn't. And it just breaks my heart. It's breaking my heart that I did this to you. It's breaking my heart that you can't let me go. And it's just devastating me. I feel like scared to live is what hardest to love was supposed to be, but it wasn't. If that makes sense. Because I mean, God diggity damn, this song is, is hitting home for a lot of people. And then I hope you know that I've been praying that you find yourself I hope you know that we fell apart right from the start. So very beginning, first impressions, this was destined to fail. This was destined to fail. And I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. And, oh my God. Oh my God. It's so devastatingly sad, but it is beautiful. It's a beautiful last song and I absolutely love it. I really, 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 really do. So for Scared to Live, I'm giving the music a strong 9 out of 10. Lyrics, 10 out of 10. Vocals, 10 out of 10. That's another 29. We have not got a perfect 30 yet. And I'm going to average this out when I'm finished. But we have not gotten a perfect 30 yet. But we're getting there because the next song on... Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got a little too excited. The next song, and this is another very, very personal song. This is a very much... You know, this is a story of my life song. So it's very, very personal. And that's the other thing that I love about this album is there a, there's a little bit of something for everyone. You got the techno disco shit. You got the slow melodic R&B shit. You got that deep, emotional, you know, sensual, stimulating shit. You got that hardcore hip hop shit. You got that, you know, loud and ratchet shit. You got, it's a little bit of everything for everybody. And that's another reason why I love this album so much. It's a little bit of everything for everybody. But Snow Child is a very, very interpersonal song where he talks about his life, his past, and what he had to do to get to where he is. And even the music video is like an homage to his discography from House of Balloons. Not trilogy, but House of Balloons all the way up to After Hours. Like, even the music video itself is like, this is who, this is my life. I'm putting my life and my entire business on display for the first time ever. And I need people to see me for who I, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of them. So the first verse, I used to pray when I was 16. If I didn't make it, then I'd probably make my wrists bleed. Not to mislead, turn my nightmares into big dreams. Whole squad mobbing, even though we're only six deep. I was singing notes while my niggas played with six keys. That's a reference to cocaine, by the way. I didn't know that. I thought they were talking about the piano, but I turned out, it turned out it was cocaine, but I digress. Walking in the snow before I ever made my wrist freeze, I was blowing smoke, had me dizzy like a Gillespie's. Niggas had no homes. We were living in the dead streets. And it's just like, damn, dude. Which you, if you know The weekend's backstory, his life, his legacy, you know that he grew up homeless you know, interchanging out throughout the city of Toronto. He left home when he was, what, 17 years old with his best friend who is now his creative director. And they was bumming off of this landlord in this three-tier house where they just occupied the top part of the three-tiered. And they was having these wild cocaine parties with all these random-ass girls who... And they would still... They would, <laughs> they would still... Things just to feed their addictions. They were addicted to drugs at this point, like hardcore shit. But everyone knew that he was going to be something big one day, even though the road getting there was so devastating and horrible and long and exhausting. Look at where he is now. In 2011, House of Balloons came out. 2021, he's headlining the Super Bowl halftime show. In 10 years, he managed to change his, in the first three years, he managed to change his entire life completely from what it was. And then seven years after that, he's doing things that he never would have thought was possible. And for the song to start off, I used to pray when I was 16. If I didn't make it, then I'd probably make my wrists bleed. That's suicidal thoughts and actions. Like you're doing all these drugs, not because you want to, because you're miserable, because you're lonely, because you're tired, because you're exhausted, because you're depressed. 
because your situation is just so catastrophic that it's just you will subject to anything. And that's that's real shit. That's real shit, man. That's real shit. So, snow child. And it's snow child because you're in Toronto and it's always cold. It's always snow. He makes references to it all the time. Music, I'm going to give it a strong 10 out of 10. Lyrics, I'm going to give it a strong 10 out of 10. Vocals, I want to give it a 10 out of 10, but it's very... You don't really see much of the range because, again, it's not too much about him singing. It's all about the story that he's telling, everything that he's been through and everything that he's going to go through and everything that he has left to do. Like, it's more about the song versus the singing. So I'm going to give it a strong nine. I'm going to give it a strong nine. It deserves a 10, but I'm going to give it a nine. I'm trying to be unbiased, you know. So let's dive into the next song, which is ooh, this motherfucker right here. Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. has to be, oh, my God. It has to be one of the most sensual, stimulating pieces of music that I have ever heard. It is so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Every, oh, my gosh. This might be the one right here. This might be the one right here. Your pillow talked to me about the man who's trying to get between us. Stop right there. Your pillow talks to me about the men who tried to get between us. Just, I'm, that's, that's all you need to hear. First of all, this nigga's one-liners or, you know, intros have to be the most power-punching lines that I have ever heard in my fucking life. Your pillow talks to me about the men who tried to get between us. That means... Whoever you were just with is lingering in your bedroom, on your bed, in your sheets, in your blankets, on your pillows. Whoever you're with besides me, their presence is known. Their energy is felt. I know what you're doing when I'm not here. It lingers. You don't have to say shit to me. Your bed is giving it all away. I can smell it. I can feel it. I can taste it probably. Oh, my God. He says they buy you bags and jewelry. They think your kindness is so weak. No, you don't give it up so easy, but you just wanted my attention. You just wanted my affection. You've got me tattooed on your mind. You just want me all the time. You're addicted to me like a hardcore drug. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can say that can convince me otherwise. That's where you're at with it. Not only are you okay with that, but you haven't let it stop you from doing the same shit to other people who you probably don't even give a fuck about. You don't give it up too easy. They buy you all of this expensive, you know, label bags, jewelry, clothes, shoes, etc. And you still ain't giving it up yet. You tease them with this ideology that you're going to give them exactly what they want, exactly how they want it. But the reality is you don't want to do that. And you're probably not going to. And it's just like, damn, dude. Damn, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This song right here. Let me go into the second verse real quick because I got I to gotta keep going. I'm going to just skip down just a little bit. In the middle of the second verse, he says, because I got everything I wanted. Got the money, got the cars, got the ceiling with the stars, got me everything I wanted. But I'd be nothing without you. Gave you everything you wanted, gave you power, gave you life, gave you space so you could shine, 
gave you everything you wanted, but none of that mattered to you. This song is called Escape from L.A., which is a name for another movie, but I haven't seen it, so I can't make the connection. This song is called Escape from L.A., and around this time, it was my understanding that he was moving out of his, what, 16 or $60 million home that he sold to Madonna recently, I think, and he needed to get out of the city. He said, this place is draining me. This place is toxic. There's devils and demons and all types of shady, trickery people lurking everywhere. And it's just not a healthy environment for me to be anymore. So I have to go. The reality is the shit that he has been introduced to since moving to Los Angeles, the hills that he was trying so hard to dive into that he's now trying to escape from was not only turning him into a different type of person, which we've already established with the first couple of songs in the album, but he's starting to see the truth. People's true colors are starting to show up. No pun intended. People are really trying to expose themselves for the snakes and the monsters that they are. And then we gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. He's, this is the third verse. LA girls all look the same. I can't recognize. The same work done on their face, I don't criticize. She's a cold-hearted bitch with no shame, but her throat too fire. She got chrome hearts hanging from her neck, and them shits going wild. When she rides, she holds tight. She gonna ride till sweat falls down her spine. She's all mine for the night. She's all mine until he calls her line. Just a beautiful spectacle of lyricism. <laughs> this nigga put his heart and soul into this motherfucking song. And I just, oh my God, I can't. I can't. This is the 10 for 10 right here. This is the 10 for motherfucking 10. And I wasn't even ready for it because I really, I just, I, I've always loved this song, but I really didn't dive into it. it. Oh my God. Music. The music. Oh my God. When he gets to the third verse, man, look, 10 for 10. Lyricism. The story's being told. His reality is shifting. 10 for motherfucking 10. Vocals. Beautiful range, all of that shit. 10 for motherfucking 10. That's our first 30. Escape from LA, perfect motherfucking 30. 10 for motherfucking 10 across the motherfucking board. And I cannot emphasize enough how much I love this album. I gotta make you niggas understand. It's not just me. I'm not being biased. This shit is fucking perfect. If not, damn near there. It's right there on the crisp edge of perfection. It's right, but that mother... Escape from LA is it. Escape from LA is the one. You can't even sit there and tell me that you don't like that shit. Woohoo! And this is my favorite song of the album. I didn't want to admit that this was my favorite song because it was so... It, it went number one so quickly and it was so popularized so quickly. But then Blinding Lights popped his happy ass up and said, nah, I'm going to take that spot. But a lot of people who I know who don't even fuck with The weekend like that, if not at all, they fuck with the song. This is the song that made niggas go, oh, that nigga go hard. That's what this is. This is Heartless, the first motherfucking single to drop at the end of 2019. And man, oh man, is this song great. The 
fucking line. The first fucking line. Never need a bitch. I'm what a bitch need. He said, never need a bitch. I'm what a bitch need. Trying to find the one that can fix me. I've been dodging death in the sixth speed. Amphetamine got my stomach feeling sickly. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was a combination of the word stomach and tummy. This nigga really said stummy though. And I think that's funny. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get through it. I gotta get through it. This song right here. I want it all now. I've been running through that pussy, need a dog pound. Hundred models getting faded in the compound. Trying to love me, but they never get a pulse down. Why? Because I'm heartless. And I'm back to my ways because I'm heartless. All this money and this pain got me heartless. Low life for life because I'm a heartless. My nigga said, my nigga said, why? <laughs> Trying to love me, but they never get a pulse down. Why? Because I'm heartless and I'm back to my ways because I'm heart. So here's the here's the story. If you're not following it, the story in the music videos is vastly different from the stories in the album. So in the beginning of the album, we see that he is struggling to find his old self. You know, he's losing bits and pieces of himself. He realizes what it is. It's his environment. It's the people that he's surrounding himself with. It's the things that he's doing that he normally wouldn't do and the people that he's hanging around with that he normally wouldn't hang around with. I got to get the fuck out of there. The second this nigga gets out, I'm back to my ways. I'm back to my ways because I'm heartless. All this money and this pain got me heartless. You're not about to sit here and tell me that this nigga does not create masterpieces. I got to go into the second verse. Oh, because he's not done yet. He's just getting started. Verse two said, I'm heartless. So much pussy, it be falling out the pockets. Metro Boomin, the producer, Metro Boomin turned this hoe into a mosh pit. Tesla pill got me flying like a cockpit. I got to watch it. Call me up, turn that pussy to a faucet. He said, <laughs> oh, no. he said, so much pussy, it be falling out the pockets. Metro Boomin' turned this hoe into a mosh pit. Tesla pill got me flying like a cockpit. This nigga is wildin'. I'm back to my old ways. You can't tell me shit no more. I'm wildin' the fuck out. I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm getting into wild, crazy, outlandish type shit. This motherfucker said, call me up, turn that pussy to a faucet. And when he does, the music like fades out a little bit. So it's a little bit quieter musically and it's just his vocals. And it's the wrong, and then it, it booms right back into the, I said, what? Cause you want, he wants you to hear that. He wants you to focus in, call me up, turn that pussy to a faucet. Nigga, no. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> Last thing. Last thing, because we got a lot of songs to go through, and I just I couldn't wait to get here. The third verse, he says, I lost my heart and my mind. I tried to always do right. I thought I lost you this time. You just came back in my life. You never gave up on me. I never know what you see. I don't do well when alone. You hear it clear in my tone. So that kind of is like, 
the the irony here, right? I'm trying to go back to being me. I'm trying to go back to doing how I was before all of this shit tainted me and made me be this, you know, malicious type of person. You can see right through that though. I'm losing bits and pieces of myself and I'm still trying to find it. You saw straight through that shit though. You saw straight through it. And you see me for who I really am. You see me for what I really am, what I can really be, who I really can become. You're the only person who can get that out of me. Nobody else can. And it's just like, damn. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. This song right here has to be the. When I first heard it, I said, damn, okay. Like, and then the reality is I'm trying so hard to go back to being who I was. It's so difficult. It's so straining. And I'm pushing through that shit. I can't stop. I can't slow down. I got to see it through. I got to see it through. Oh, my God. I'm about to, man, tens across the board. Tens across the motherfucking board. This nigga said music, 10 for 10. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Lyrics, 10 for motherfucking 10. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Vocals, the howls at the end of this motherfucker. It's just like, God damn, 10 for motherfucking 10. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Heartless is it, man. Heartless is the one. You can't, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. It's too real for you. Stay tuned for part two.